Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. Good morning, church. How are we doing today? Good, good. This is a good deal. We are in week two of our Found Family series. Let's see if I can get some lights up here for good. We are in week two. There we go. Come on. Of our family series where we talk about what it means to be in a found family, a family of God. And uh, last week, Justin took us through Acts 2. If you were with us last week, he, he shared about the early church and um, all that was happening and everything that was coming together to, in the four pillars of the early church the, as, as the church gathered together and they were, they were um, centered around the apostles teaching the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. And, and it, was, it was when they dedicated themselves fully that they entered into this greater unity with one another. Everything that, that Christ had desired, that Christ is now the, was the head, but, but that the church would come together to play a supporting role, to co-labor, right? And this is our, our co-mission as we, as we live out the gospel is that we, we, we bring others into the family of God. And so, uh, we, so last week we talked about, about unity. We talked about what it, what it takes to... Um, to, to have a common set of values, that unity only works when we, when we hold a common set of values. And this is something that's important to me. It's always been something important to me. I love the concept of seeing church as family. That's what was grafted into me as a young age, that this isn't just a place that's hollowed out that you just go, but that this is a place that you are a part of, that you have a role in. And... Um, as, as Kristen and I got married and, and we started a, a family of our own, uh, it became very apparent that if you don't define your values, something or someone else will. And so there was great intentionality for us as we, uh, as we um, learned what it looked like for initially the two of us and, and who are we and what do we, want to, what do we want our home to be about and uh, we were unified around around values, and as we have um, number three now that we've had uh, of, of children that um, we want to instill into them our values, and, and of course we want to make Christ known. But but what does that look like, and what are the things practically? And so, it, because because when we're unified in those values, then there's harmony, and um, and it's important to be unified around those, so that way we can. We can be diverse and the different personalities can, can manifest itself. And you think of your own family, right? And, you know, you got, you got siblings and cousins and whatever that are just different than you. And it's like, how in the world does this whole thing work? You know, but when, when there are families that, that, that are centered around values and are centered around a common thread of, of values, then, then it works. The diversity works. And, and, and I found that, that broken families often, it's because um, there isn't a set of, of unifying values. And, and so, so we, see, we see brokenness and we see 
um, we see hurt and, and pain, but, but it's when we, we unify around a common set of values that we can, we can come together and despite our differences and, or in light of our differences, we can, um, we, can, we can flavor the family, we can flavor the kingdom, right? And, and so last week if, was all about, about unity versus disunity and um, and this week, we want to talk about diversity versus uniformity. Because when we talk about unity, having all things in common as the early church, it's not saying that everyone was uniform in the way that they functioned, but that they, were, they, were, they, were, they, were, they rallied around a common set, uh, and, and that's Christ, right? Christ is, is what, they, what we've unified around. And so, you know, I think of... Um, I've, I've shared with you, you know, our, our kids, our family motto. We have, we have a family motto in our house, and um, it, it's, it's to teach our kids, and, and I have a two-year-old, and she knows it, and uh, she might not be able to comprehend or know, but it's something that she can grow into, right? And so, um, but I wanted to, uh, I'll speak to that a little bit, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to, to hear for yourself um, our, our little family motto as, as we begin today. So there they are. There they are, Judah and Merrick, and they, they know our family motto. And what I've, what I've noticed is it's the thing that, that, that I use. To, it's a springboard for teaching. And so that as they, as they grow and as they, um, that, that, that when they want what others have, that I remind them, well, you're not defined by your, you're not devi- uh, defined by your possessions. Or when someone says something about them, and that's, that's just not true, that... I said, well, that's not, you know, you're not who people say you are. You're who the Lord says you are. And, and I'm excited to, to use that throughout their life. Their life. And um, that is our family. Life. That's what we've unified around in who we are and whose we are. And we live into that and we're committed to that. But I tell you what, these kids are night and day in how they manifest themselves. <laughs> They are diverse, they are distinct in their personalities, and just because we are unified doesn't mean that we have to be uniform. We, we, the kingdom of God manifests itself differently, and so, again, last week we, we, we shared about how, how only God can, can use broken, sinful, selfish, hurt people and bring unity in the midst of that, and healing, and, and, and keep such a diverse uh, group of people, the body of Christ, the most diverse in the history of the world, where every nation, tribe, and tongue, every generation, every culture that has ever existed, that, that there are people represented in eternity, that is diversity. That, that, the, that the church is the most diverse um, entity on the history of the planet. And Jesus wanted it that way, and I, I've, I've really been enjoying reading the, the words of the disciple, or the, the um, I'm reading a book right now, that, and I think I talked about it a couple weeks ago, just the profiles of the different disciples and how different they were, and how there was strife and there was whatever, but when they came around Christ, and when they focused on Christ and not themselves or their differences, and they were unified by Christ, 
the world was changed, right? And so we, we unify, we bring unity around the church as the church, as the body of Christ. We unify around Christ so that we, we can live out our distinct, unique diverseness. And we celebrate that and we, 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 we live into that because that's how, that's how God wired us to be. That we don't, he doesn't conform to our image, we, we conform to his. We're transformed into, into his image when we, when we just yield of ourselves. And so unity paves the way for healthy diversity. That when we hold these things, I mean, think about, think about even our country or any country that you go into, you, when you enter into that country, you, you, you adopt the laws of that country, you follow them. You know, if someone were to come into my house, there's certain things that are just not acceptable. You're not gonna light up a cigarette and start swearing in my house. And there's, there's implied values there that I've set the tone for my household and what's acceptable. And whatever you do, you know, is your prerogative, but when you come into my household, that's not acceptable. And as, you know, we, we, enter, we welcome people into our country and it's this idea of, of acknowledging and understanding where we've been and, and adopting these, these documents and these shared set of, of, of values. And it's, it's only when, that, only when we, we adopt those that, 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 it's, it's, that our diversity is, is healthy and, it's, um, and it's, it's edifying to others. You know, I think of our membership class here. One of the reasons I love doing it is I love to share the story of our church, where we've been, and also I love that it's, it's a nice place to get everyone on the same page because we all come in with different presuppositions, with, with different values, with different things that we, uh, maybe we come from different denominations or maybe we're uh, first generation believers and it gives us all on the same page that when you come into this house, these are the non-negotiables, this is who we are. That we live these out in the way that we worship, connect and serve, that we're, that, that we live beyond our walls and that we do these things to the glory of God. And this is who we are when you come into this. And it's gonna be very hard for you to come in here and to just sit passively by and, and, and not be called or challenged to do something else, to live into something. Because the reality is you were wired and you were equipped to be unique, to be diverse. And, 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 the, and God and the church are counting on you to do that. And so we turn to scripture this morning and we turn to Romans 12 and I apologize, I, I got the Bible app all ready to go and I didn't click the publish button. So to get it on your version app, I have to hit the publish button and I didn't do that. But we don't have a whole lot going on. So if you turn to Romans 12, I just want to draw out to you verses five through eight. Uh, 12, 1, and 2 are very common. We use those a lot in the church, you know, to not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and that we give of ourselves and worship as a holy and living sacrifice and all of these things. And everything about Romans 12 is about others. It's about I must live into who I am so that. And that's what Romans 12 is about. And so, um, I want to pray for us this morning as we dig into the word and then we are going to dig into the word. And so, Father, I pray that you would bring clarity to my words, that you would bring conviction to the hearts and the minds um, that receive them, Lord, that, um, that there's so much love and grace. And, Lord, I pray that, that these people would leave here um, 
encouraged today to discover how you've wired them if they don't already know, to, to ask others to, um, to take that next step in how can I give of myself to the kingdom more fully? How can I live into it? How can I thrive as a son and daughter? And so, Lord, as we set our sights on the scriptures and as Paul shares with us um, today, Lord, I pray that, that you would inspire, uh, that you would equip, that you would encourage. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right, so Romans 12, 4 and 5, we'll start there. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, Paul loves this imagery of the body, right? We talk about the body. That's because Paul talks about the body. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, but individually members one of another, grafted, interwoven, one of another. Two phrases that stick out right away. All the members do not have the same function. We're members one of another. And as we, as we get into this today, ask a simple question. Do you know thyself? Because when we discover God, we discover who we were created to be. We, are, we discover our purpose. Who are you? To know yourself requires you to understand a little bit about the potter who made you, the creator himself. Because see, we have a, a world that tries to tell us who we are. But I'm not who people say I am. I'm who God says I am. And so it points us to scripture. Who is God and who am I? Who are you? One of the Greek commands back in ancient history is man know thyself they understood the importance of knowing who you were and for us as believers all roads point to christ i'm part of the body of christ i'm a son i'm a daughter of the king that's who i am but what role were you designed to play if if each member doesn't have the same function, but we were all created for one another, we were interwoven together, which role, how were you created? To know yourself. I think of, uh, you know, if we want to get away from the body illustration a little bit, one of the things that I, one of the things that I appreciate in life is good food. I don't enjoy making it. I don't really have a desire. I'm not really like passionate about trying to figure stuff out, but I'm a, I'd be a good taste tester. I'll try anything once. And so uh, put it before me. And one of the things I appreciate about, about chefs is their ability to, to take all of these distinct ingredients 
And, um, and when I'm in a restaurant and I, I look at a menu and I see something that appeals to me and then I start looking at the ingredients in it, and um, how many of you like pick and choose and start taking stuff off? Do you do that? Come on. Trust the chef. Trust the chef because the reality is when you put two ingredients together, oftentimes they make something brand new that tastes differently than the individuals that the individual. So like some, um, you know, a lot of people don't like onions. But minced onions in, in another dish brings the rest of the dish to life. And so to, to appreciate their role in it. And so you have, you, so, so I go to a restaurant and I'm like, yeah, just give me everything. I don't know. I don't, I don't like it, but I trust you. And it's, it's amazing to see how all of those different ingredients, when they put them together, how they create just this beautiful new flavor. And, and, um, and that's what it's like to be part of the kingdom of God is that we are diverse in our roles, that we, we, we flavor the kingdom, that, that each of us come together, make up this culture, this one unifying thing with Christ as its head. But it's, it's beautiful to see how the church can come together and, and to do all of these things. But it first begins by knowing who you are. By knowing thyself. Sadly, people spend their entire lifetime searching for that answer. And without Christ, one can't fully know who they are, I don't believe. How can you? How can a created thing know who they are without understanding the creator himself? And so that's the first stage, I believe, of of living into that, of, of being diverse is first knowing who you are. Celebrating that, being unified around who Christ is. I only know who I am because, because in light of who Christ is. In light of who the Father is. That I'm a son, I'm a daughter. Number two, after we know, after we learn, after we discover, we come to the reality of having to accept thyself. This one hits for me, I'll tell you that. I think for me, before, before I was just all in on my faith, um, I just relied on my own natural instincts. I don't... Uh, I've learned to appreciate the role and live into it and, and love it dearly now. But um, I was shy. I had no desire to stand before people. The thought of that, I mean, I look, think back to high school. When I was younger, I was, you know, I was loud and didn't care, <laughs> whatever. But as I grew and as, you know, and as I, um, when the Lord found me, I was not in a place where I was willing to, to do what I felt like the Lord had, was equipping me to do. And it took a lot. It took a lot of prayer. It took a lot of convincing. It took a lot of encouragement from others. Praise God, I was part of the church then too. And so I, I found others encouraging me to accept the, the gifts and the, and the roles that God had, had put into my life and to live into them. It's like, don't just... Don't just hide it. Like you, 
you gotta just, you have so much to, to give to the kingdom. And so for you, I say you have so much to, to give to the kingdom, to accept yourself. Are you okay with who God made you to be? Are you satisfied with who God created you to be? So much of our culture today is, is to sow seeds of dissatisfaction, to tell us why the car we drive isn't good enough and why you need a new one and why the house isn't big enough and why you need a new one and it's not trendy enough and our influencers that tell us everything that, that we need to be discontent. And we have a world constantly pushing back against being just satisfied in who, we, in who Christ calls us to be and who God made us to be. And this is a hard thing to accept thyself. John 8 talks about Satan as being the father of lies. And if, if he can't get you to do an about face on Christ, I think he does one better. I think he, I think he convinces you to just be neutral, to just be paralyzed, to not do anything with your gifts, with your talents for the kingdom. To not be happy with them, to not, to not appreciate. We believe lies that, well, I'm not good enough. I couldn't do it as good as this person. He paralyzes us. I think in wrestling with where I find myself today personally, I look at people like Dave and Chip and, and the enemy wants me to think, well, I'm not. I'm not them. I could never measure up to that. The Lord says, I didn't ask you to. I asked you to accept you for who I created you to be. Now look at each of you. And I don't believe that was just for me. I believe it was for me so that I might remind you to accept who God's created you to be and to live into it. I, uh, I don't have this in my notes. The Lord does an interesting thing. When you start to, yeah, it's true what they say. It's like, careful what you say or do around pastors because they might use it for an illustration, right? I think I have a mug. I think Kathy Hoover got me a mug, right? <laughs> it says that in my office. I'm like, eh. And then I'm starting to preach now, right? And so then I'm, I'm just thinking of things. You try to draw from, from analogies and from things in life. And, um, this isn't a story about any of you. <laughs> but, but what happens is, you know, my sermon prep day is Wednesday. And the rest of that week, and even leading before, before Wednesday, that's when I put it to paper. Before that, I'm already chewing on, you know, for sometimes m months ahead, honestly, what I might want to say on this Sunday and any, you know, any given time. And 
I have a notes app that I just kind of jot that down. Justin puts it in a notebook, you know, and all that stuff. And But then in the back of your mind, that's always being played out. And so the things that you, so so the lens that you see the world through, you're just looking at things differently, right? And so one of the, one of the gifts for, that I gave my wife one year for Christmas was tickets to The Lion King in 2019. That was her Christmas gift. That was two kids ago. And um, we've got a newborn now, and guess what? This is when Lion King decided to come back to town. And so that date night looked a little bit differently. Uh, she'd stay, she stayed home with the girls, and I took Judah with me. So I went and he watched The Lion King with me at the Stranahan Thursday night. And so uh, it, it, was, it was great. And it's, it's so funny because he's, you know, he, I'm trying to remind him, like, hey, everything you've seen on the screen, you know, these cartoons, they're not cartoons. Like they're people pretending to be this stuff, right? And so thankfully went to the musical, at, you know, and uh, got to support our, our kids in the musical. And yeah, great job, every, all you guys with that, and, and he sat through that really well, so I felt good about taking him to the Stranahan, and so we're there, and, and one, thing, one thing he's learned is if he needs to talk to me, sp- like, speak directly in my ear, don't, don't look at the, s- the stage and then try to, like, try to, and try to say something to me, right? And, um, but he doesn't have the whispering thing down, and so we're, we're an hour and a half in, you know, and getting close to intermission, and like, Dad, when's Timon and Pumbaa coming? <laughs> he's, he's just anxious and excited and, and whatever. And good? He's, he's excited about it. And, and so we, uh, you know, are, are uh, watching it together. And, and then we get to the second act. And while we're, while we're sitting there, you know, I'm thinking about my sermon, right? And this stinking plot, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Disney gets it. Know thyself, accept thyself, give, thy, give of thyself is the next one. And as I'm watching, and you know, there's a place where he's just happy in the woods, right? And Nala comes and she's telling him to, you know, to, you know, she, he's like, hey, come on, this is a great life. No worries, right? No cares. You just live for yourself. And, and it's just easy. And, and life is great. And she's like, don't you get it? That people are depending on you. Don't you know who you are? Don't you remember who you are? For him, it was a king. And it's just so silly. And I'm like, Disney gets it. And I had already had all this stuff in for the week. And I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my goodness. She, she had to remind him who he was. And then he had to go through that monkey to accept who he was, right? And it was also that he could give of himself. Because what had happened to the Pride Lands, right? It's like, you know, destruction had come and there was this just whatever and it was barren and and no one else could live into who they were because he wasn't living into who he was. And I think of the kingdom of God and I'm like, that's it. My job is to instruct and encourage and equip people to know themselves. To encourage them to accept who and to live into, to have the confidence to live into who they were created to be. So that they could give and receive 
The kingdom's all about givers and takers, right? That's the church. Givers and takers, and the imbalance comes when everyone wants to be a taker and no one wants to be a giver. And that happens when we just sit passively by. Kuna matata, right? No cares, no worries. That's what the world asks of us, right? It's just, hey, just live and let live. And the kingdom is calling us to something so much greater. He calls us to give of ourselves. To know thyself, accept thyself, and to give of thyself because people are depending on us. Because a lost world is depending on us. Because we are depending on each other. That's why we give. And we give out of our uniqueness, out of our diversity. Right? Out of our strengths. Out of our, out of our, um, it's just, it's just such a, such a cool thing. And, in the rest, of, the rest of Romans 12, I don't even know where I'm at. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. What's it say? Exercise accordingly. That our gifts differ, our talents differ, our, our, just, our wiring is differently, and so we have to exercise them accordingly. I am not equipped to be a kindergarten teacher. I praise God for kindergarten teachers because I need them in my life to teach my children certain things and to, to help. And I am not a lot of things. <laughs> my, my guess is you are probably not interested in being up here, but you're counting on that. That you might not, Lord knows I'm not equipped for that. But how much we appreciate it and how much it draws us in and how much when the body of Christ is not a body of takers, but of givers. Because one of the things that was, that was told to me, I'm still learning to, to live into it, in my marriage is that you can never outgive each other. You can never outserve each other. That if everyone lives with the mindset of just serving the next person, serving someone else, everyone wins, Right? Because all of the needs get taken care of. That's the heart of, of Acts, right? Of what Justin shared about last. All the believers were together and had everything in common. What is it? They were of one mind, unified around the apostles' teaching. About the fellowship, breaking, to, breaking of bread and prayer. They had all these in common. And then they sold them, the, their property and their possessions to give to anyone who had need. They were givers. The early church was a giver and they were a model for us. This is really hard in America because we're takers, we're consumers. We love to just take things in. But Christ is calling us to give. Paul is calling us to give. Luke is calling us right here to give. And so we go back to the words of Paul. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. It's the rest of that. 1 Corinthians 12 is, is another place where he talks about the, the body and how it's illustrated out. It's like, hey, if the eye wants to be, you know, if the eye's mad that he's an eye and not, the, and not an ear, um, you know, the body doesn't function right. 
but we all have a unique role to play. And we do it well and we do it diligently and we do it with excellence because we represent a king who is so excellent and with Christ as our head. And this is what it looks like to have diversity in the kingdom. It's to know thyself. The only way we know ourselves is, is, is in light of who our creator is. And so we know, as we know God, we know ourselves. And so it draws us to scripture. It, it beckons us to, um, to pursue life with the Lord through, uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling work of the Holy Spirit, so we know who we are and whose we are. And then he leads us through, through, a, through a process of retooling and reshaping and, and equipping us for what's ahead. And then we learn to accept that and say, I don't see it, Lord, but if this is what you want from me. He just wants us to say yes, to accept it. He wants us to give. To give of thyself. Are you willing to be used by God for the family of God, for a world that needs you. How? How? I'm, I'm comfortable with, I've grown to appreciate who God's created me to be. And I'm not, I don't, I don't go through this identity cry. I don't want you to think that I'm like, I'm confident. I, I'm not going through this identity crisis of whatever, but, but in the back of your mind, all of those things, they, you know, and the enemy always is trying to, to chip away at the foundation, right? Because when he does that, when he can create cracks and fissures and, 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 and stuff in your life, then, then he can cause you to be paralyzed a little bit. Um, I love our staff. I love our, the body here. It's amazing to see the different gifts and, and talents and the things that, that, uh, that, that the Lord has brought into our midst, that, that we had um, people that were serving in the Liberty Center LifeWise building of just, just their sheer expertise to just build that with no labor charge. They're just doing it for the kingdom's sake. So that way, um, and if you haven't seen the new building in Liberty Center, you should go see it, but... Because they said yes, now teachers can teach and volunteers can, can, can lead and can encourage students and students can learn the gospel. You see how this works and, and there's, there's, there's those who, who understand plumbing and electricity and HVAC stuff and, they, and we have a building that we are able to, to meet and worship in and we have... Um, there's a gentleman in our church that helped another family out who had roof damage and just how amazing it is when the people of God are looking for places to give and looking for ways to make an impact and not saying, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a science school teacher, so I guess there's no point for me here. That's the, that is a lie. That is a lie because scripture talks about those who exhort and who serve and who, um, and who can give financially so that others can continue to, to, to use their gifts, right? And it's this beautiful thing when we're looking to be used by the family of God. So my challenge to you today is to seek to be used 
by God. I would love to talk to you about what that looks like. I would love to talk to you about um, and help you wrestle through that. There's some amazing resources out there. My, my spiritual gift is leadership. Um, preaching is developing. The leadership component and just, um, and to live, to live into that, to know how you're wired and to begin to live into that. Um, one of my desires and just prayers that the Lord's given me in images for this church is just how this, how all of us are equipped for, for the work of ministry and how we are all building each other up. And, you know, one of my roles is, um, is uh, leading our staff and leading our board and leading, leading you. But I'll never, remember, I'll never forget one of our board members shared with me just so confident. It's like, hey, we believe in you. We're excited you know, for you, we understand that there's, um, you know, the desire is to hire another pastor. Um, hey, we did our job. That's your problem now. Good luck. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I've just, and, and I've worked through, through that. And, um, you know, and as I've, I've wrestled through, you know, the different, the different gifts and, and where, we, where we thrive as a church and areas that I think we, like, where can we grow? And, and as I've, you know, prayed into, what does it look like for that next pastor, you know, to, and, I, and I appreciate just the, the encouragement for Justin and I and the whole staff of, of you know, how it seems like everything is kind of like, like a duck on the surface, right? But we're paddling hard below. <laughs> and the reality is there's, there's, there's hours of ministry that we're losing out one-on-one with you and, and just the, the, the strength and the desire for that next pastor to come and to co-labor with us. And um, so if we can transition here to a little family meeting, uh, one of the things that, that I'm excited about um, is that through much, much prayer, um, we actually have a pastoral couple that's going to be coming to us, a husband and wife that'll be beginning in June um, to serve to serve you, to equip you, uh, to love on you. He is actually the, uh, we'll share a profile tomorrow. He's, he's sharing it with his church today, his congregation. Um, but he and she both have sensed a call to ministry and we were able to, uh, through your generosity and, and trust and belief, able to, to bring both of them on to serve and to, to equip you. And so, um, ladies, for you to have someone to challenge you and to be a resource to disciple and to kind of, kind of lead and pioneer uh, what that looks like, and for our family ministry, she's going to oversee some family ministry things that we want to do. Because the reality is, we have a lot of young families in this church who are learning what it looks like to to create found values in their home, and then to live into them, and to be championed by them, and to to be encouraged and equipped. And that is her heart. And and for him, he is. Uh, He's been actually a, a dear friend and mentor of mine for years. That um, he has been 
uh, the lead pastor of the church on our district for the last 15 years. And he's come to the place where he accepts and understands his, his place in the kingdom. And he's like, man, I just reject the whole hierarchy of titles and, and everything that our society demands of us to, to, to live into. And just because I'm a, a, the lead pastor that, um, that I ought to be looking for a bigger and better church to go lead and whatever the reality is, I just want to love the people of God where God calls me. I'm so excited for you to hear their story over the next months together and how the Lord is, um, he'll be preaching, he'll actually be leading worship as well. Um, he'll, he'll lead some of our pastoral care stuff and counseling. And um, Napoleon wins because of these two coming to us. I'm so excited for the days ahead for this, for this church, uh, for this body. And the cherry on top is that in June also, we'll be receiving on a three-month internship a son of this house back to serve and to lead. Bailey Sonnenberg is going to be a, a, a student intern he goes, he goes to uh, uh, Indiana Wesleyan University, son of Dusty and Cheryl. And I joke with Justin, I'm like, he's like a better version than both of us. Like he just, he just loves getting in the theological weeds and you guys just grind it out. And then we talk about leadership stuff and we talk, start talking about what it looks like to, you know, to do those different things and um, how to just, just bring out the best in others and, and just... He's just so good at all of that and, and I just admire him, his heart and as he discovers that and he, as he discovers what's next for him, uh, he'll be joining us for a three-month internship to uh, really spend a lot of time with our student ministry, our into ministry, uh, cultivating, developing a leadership team and working with Justin to um, maybe create curriculum um, not only in into but for, for all of our discipleship stuff and classes and so so June is going to be pretty pretty uh pretty crazy we'll have a lot of new faces around here I'm excited for all of you to get to know them but it's all because these three individuals knew who they were in Christ accepted who they were even if the world was trying to tell them something different or lie and then are just wanting to give of themselves to the glory of God. That's the heart of what it means to be a diverse family, unified around a common set of values with Christ as our head, the foundation of the apostles' teaching. We give of ourselves to fellowship, to, to prayer, to communing with one another. That's how we understand and discover the needs and we live into what it looks like to be a body of Christ. Would you stand today? I want to pray over you this week, our time. And so, Lord, I pray, pray, pray blessing over this house. Lord, I pray blessing 
over the household units. Where two or more are gathered, there's conflict without you. But when we are rooted in you, we find unity. And it's when we are unified and bonded by a specific set of values and identity and who we are and whose we are that we begin to flavor the kingdom. Meeting the needs of those who are in need. Sharing liberally our gifts, our talents with others. All for one cause. And so Lord, I pray that we would seek to understand what those are. Lord, that we would have conversations with others. So often it's, um, it's when we uh, ask others, hey, what do you see in me? That you begin to reveal, you begin to use others to, to, to speak life into us. It's only when we come together as a body of Christ that we fully live into this. So Lord, I pray, I pray blessing over this church today in the days ahead as we equipped, as I equip the saints for the work of ministry as you called us to do, as you've mandated that I do. Lord, may this be a place where we come, we're challenged to grow and where we, are, we come willing to just say yes. Sometimes before we know the question because we're all in. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a great, great Sunday. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 10.30 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, Find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.